Welcome to Ministry in Motion, where we explore best practices for your ministry in the 21st century. Our topic today is discovering how we can extend the healing ministry of Jesus. And our guest, Pastor Mark Finley. Mark, you've always had a passion for talking about Jesus. What is it about the healing ministry of Jesus that connects with you so personally? To think, Derek, that Jesus is interested in every aspect of life. He is not simply interested in our spiritual lives alone, but every aspect of my life, my mental life, my emotional life, my physical life, my social life, and my spiritual life. So that, that is so attractive about Jesus. You know, I was studying the Gospel of John on one occasion, and as I was going through John, I came to John chapter 1 and verse 38, and something hit me that I hadn't seen before. There were two disciples that were following Jesus. And in John 1 verse 38, it says, Then Jesus turned and seeing them following, said to them, What do you seek? And all of a sudden it hit me. This is, these are the first words that Jesus speaks in John's Gospel. First hmm. words. What do you seek? And it seems to me that Jesus was always asking people that. He began with their agenda, not his. Mm. He began with where they were, not where he was. Mm. He knew that if he didn't reach them where they were, he could never lead them to where he was. So he said, what are you seeking? What's in your heart? Mm -hmm. uh, are you seeking healing? Are you seeking relief from sin, peace? Are you seeking reconciliation with your family and children? John chapter 2 to John chapter 6 illustrate the what seek ye principle. So Jesus is always interested in meeting other people's needs. So when you come to John chapter 2, the need is social. There's an embarrassment by the host of the wedding. And the marriage feast, Jesus turns the water into wine. He relieves social embarrassment. John chapter 3, the need is spiritual. Nicodemus comes to Jesus by night. John chapter 4, the need is emotional. The woman has this emotional need for love and affection, the, the woman at the, the well. well Sychar. Yeah. John chapter 5, the need is physical, the man by the pool of Bethesda. Mm -hmm. John meets a, Jesus meets a social need in John 2, a spiritual need in John 3, a uh, emotional need in John 4, a physical need in John 5, and they want to make him king in John 6. Mm. It's very fascinating to me, the structure of John's Gospel, the case histories in John's Gospel show a Christ that is interested in the totality of human behavior, the totality of human life. And to me, that's what the church is. The church is the body of Christ meeting needs lovingly everywhere in Jesus' name. Mm. Now, some people might say, well, I've read the Gospels. Jesus had uh, an amazing uh, healing ministry. In fact, it seems like he, he performed more miracles of healing than he preached sermons. Mm -hmm. But uh, what, what does it mean to extend the healing ministry of Jesus? How, how could we be involved with that today? Sure. Is that something we should be doing? L let me make a comment on your earlier observation. L let's look at the Pool of Bethesda. There were literally hundreds of people there. The Bible says multitudes were there. Jesus healed one man there, one man. If you count the separate healing miracles of Christ, and you leave out the times that he healed whole villages, which were a couple times. They, they weren't large numbers. There are approximately 33 healing, minister, healing miracles of Christ, separate miracles mentioned in the Gospels. 
The fascinating thing to me is that miracles of Jesus serve three purposes. One, to demonstrate his love and compassion for people. Two, to demonstrate his divinity. And three, to bring glory to God. Mm. So what the miracles say to me is that we serve a God who is loving, a God who is compassionate. But a miracle is a miracle because it's a miracle. In other words, a miracle is a supernatural happening that does not happen on every occasion. Mm -hmm. So there are times you pray and there is no apparent miracle. And there are times you pray and there is apparent miracle. I prayed for people and anointed them and they've died with cancer. But there was a healing in the heart, husbands and wives coming together, mm. repentance in the family. Mm. And frankly, Derek, there have been other times that I've, I've anointed people and they've been miraculously healed. Mm-hmm. So we leave the, the physical healing to God's hands knowing that God is going to be glorified in that life. And so to me that is very, very incredibly important. Now if I take the purpose of miracles, one, the prime purpose, the first verse, to reveal the compassion of God, that means when I pray for people and they're healed, we reveal God, that reveals God's compassion. But when I do what some would call health ministry or health education, teach people how to reduce the risk of diabetes or heart disease or cancer or run a nutrition series or a stress management series or a weight management series or a total health series, that still reveals God's compassion. I'm glad that you mentioned that because yeah. I, I'm listening and I'm going, is, is extending the healing ministry of Jesus just having the anointing service that James 5 talks about? Certainly the apostles did that in Mark 6, yes. 13. But uh, you're saying it's much more than as important as that supernatural intervention is. It's extending the healing ministry of Jesus in terms of improving the quality of people's lives? It is. And the reason, if you understand the purpose of miracles, the miracles demonstrate a Christ who has compassion. Every time I exhibit compassion, every time I exhibit care, every time I exhibit the love of Jesus, it extends the healing ministry of Jesus because Jesus' ultimate goal is to make people well. If they can be made well through a supernatural, miraculous miracle, from time to time God will work those miracles. But if they can be made well through understanding the laws of life that are written in every nerve and tissue, how to get a, have a better diet if they reduce the cholesterol levels in their diet and, and get exercise, get exercise etc. Sure. <laughs> so we're extending the healing ministry of Christ and I would contend that even a physician working in a hospital with the latest scientific um, modalities extends the healing ministry of Christ because it's ultimately Jesus that heals. So it's not medication that heals, it's medication provides at times a vehicle for healing. Uh, We hope it does. Well, (laughs) after the break, we want to talk about how you can extend the healing ministry of Jesus. What's that going to look like uh, in your context? What what does he want you to do to show care and compassion to those around you? We'll be right back with more Ministry in Motion right after the break. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today, extending the healing ministry of Jesus. Our guest, Pastor Mark Finley. Delighted to be with you, Derek. Thank you so much, Mark. And you've you've shown us that Jesus really did have not just a teaching ministry, but a healing ministry. Uh, Let's talk about 
the felt needs of our community today, whether in the church or people who are totally unchurched, what, what needs do they have that the church could meet in a unique way as they extend the healing ministry of Jesus? Let me give you an example. A number of years ago, I was in the city of Chicago working with Andrews University teaching seminary students. We had a lot of community outreach in our community. And I was teaching a Bible class in the book of Daniel week after week, and a woman was coming. I noticed she was coming by herself. And so I got acquainted and learned that her husband was unchurched, had little or no interest in religion at all. They had been church members, but they had a son that had died. And the man was angry with God, bitter. He was a salesman in the city of Chicago. I told her that we would be having a stress management workshop and that we would talk about the effect of stress on the body, the relationship of stress to disease, the immune system, uh, how to manage stress in your life, and so forth. She told her husband about that, and he said, a church is going to do this? She said, yeah. He said, well, let me see the advertising. He looked at it, and he said, well, stress and heart disease, stress in the immune system, you know, how to manage stress, stress and interpersonal relationships. He said, I got a lot of stress. I don't care if the church is going to do it or not. I'm going to come. So he came night after night after night. And the Church of Christ is, is uniquely equipped to do things that uh, other agencies may not be as free to do. We do more than health education. We do a total, complete health ministry. And so I talked about the physical dimensions of stress and talked about the emotional dimensions of stress and the mental dimensions of stress. And Derek began to talk about how God wants to handle our stress and mm. casting all your care upon Him because He cares mm. for you. And I... A spiritual perspective. Spiritual perspective on stress. Gave them some spiritual things. There's a book called Life at Its Best, and there were some chapters on interpersonal relationships and handling And I assigned them. They had biblical references, and the references were filled with God. So one day, one evening, he went to bed, and he had this book by the side of his bed, and he began to read it. His wife's lying in bed. She looks over at him and calls him by name and says, Honey, that book is filled with biblical references. It's filled with God and faith. And I thought you were one believer. No, I wouldn't have used this approach. This wasn't the language of law. But, <laughs> but she said, I thought you were an unbeliever. Why are you reading it? He said to her, and it's classic, he looked at her and he said, Look, dear, I don't care if it says about God or faith. If this is going to help me to reduce my stress, I don't mind if I read it half the night. Mm. And to me... Connected with a felt need in his yeah, heart. Yeah, mm. He could see that, that he was a human being that was physical, mental, spiritual, and emotional. Mm. And that's what the church is equipped to do. Yes. It's equipped to freely discuss all aspects of human behavior. A physician may pray with a person in their office shortly, but it's hard for them to open the Word of God for any length of time. Um, a hospital... Uh, you may have a nurse that comes in her bedside. She may at a Christian hospital pray for somebody. And I thank God for that, these great godly Christian hospitals where there's a recognition of the power of God. But there is something the church can do. Hospitals, by their very nature, get people in and get people out. Mm -hmm. But churches, we can provide this totality of ministry cooperating with hospitals that are godly Christian hospitals. We can do health education. We can do nutrition series and stress management series and weight management series, all with a total comprehensive physical, mental, spiritual health mm. perspective. You know, I imagine someone listening and saying, wait a minute, that stress management was just a hook to get that person to church. Or was it because God wants people to experience a better quality of life? 
Help, yeah. help me with that. Oh, is, oh, it, oh. is it just a hook or is it really that we have been asked to continue the healing ministry of Jesus? When you look at Jesus' ministry himself, and there are so many examples, I will look at just one or two of them. Matthew, the ninth chapter, a man, a, a paralytic is brought to Christ, and Jesus first says to him, um, Son, be of good cheer, Matthew 9, verse 2, your sins are forgiven you. And then Jesus goes on and he says, rise up and take your bed and walk. For Christ, he heals the man's sins, then he delivers the man from the disease. The healing ministry of Jesus blends the physical, mental, and spiritual. There is no dichotomy. And today we recognize that those people that probe, the spiritu probe spirituality have better health, mm. physical health. So if spirituality is a modality for cure, if it's a modality to help both prevent disease and cure disease, and we don't give it to people because we think that they may reject it, that may be akin to malpractice. Mm. Because spirituality is not something separate from health. If you look at many of the studies done at Duke University, for example, and they're probing some of this whole idea of spirituality and health, those people who probe the spiritual have lower rates of heart disease. Those people that come to church have lower rates of depression, lower rates of stomach ulcers. So you can see that, that there is a spiritual quality that impacts physical health. But there's another aspect to your question, and that is this, that I may make a choice to live a positive life. I may make a choice to exercise. I may make a choice to eat a more healthy diet. I may make a choice to quit smoking. I may make a choice to get off drugs or alcohol. I may make a choice to have more positive attitudes, but if I don't have the Holy Spirit empowering me mm. to, to, to facilitate that choice, how many choices have we made and we failed again and again and again and again? Mm. So introducing the spiritual is not a hook. It is A, a pathway to better health, right. and secondly, it's a pathway to power to change. But I'm still going to do the stress management seminar because Jesus, I'm thinking of a story, he healed 10 people. Yeah. Only one came back and said, Thank you. And Jesus said, didn't he say your faith has made you whole? That, that, that has a deeper dimension than just the physical healing. Is it okay for us to do this stress management seminar, let's say, just because Jesus cared for people? We reach out in loving compassion, not dictating the response of a person. Jesus did not dictate the response. But if love leads me to help a man to quit smoking to get seven years longer in this life, that same love will desire that man to have eternity. Mm. It's fuzzy thinking, I believe, to say, I love a man enough, so I want him to have seven more years here, but I don't love him enough to want him to have eternity. We minister for ministry's sake. We show kindness for kindness' sake. We love for love's sake. But in the back of our mind, we want them to accept the Christ mm. that can give them eternity and, after and give the break, them a more abundant life here. <laughs> and after the break, we want to talk about that holistic picture because it isn't just that they can run more miles or lose a few pounds, but have life in all of its fullness. We'll be right back with more Ministry in Motion.
Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today, extending the healing ministry of Jesus. Our guest, Pastor Mark Finley. Mark, uh, when you see the needs that people have, you've always said there's kind of a sequence. You kind of meet them like Jesus did, where they are. Let's talk about that some more. Meeting people with the needs that they recognize they have. You know, Derek, for the last 40 plus years, my wife and I have been involved in many health programs. Tina especially is involved in nutrition series. She's done 250 nutrition series and made, had 20,000 people attend her nutrition programs. And uh, I remember we were conducting on the East Coast of America a nutrition series on how to bake bread and how to uh, have a lower cholesterol, the vegetarian diet, and how to have good breakfasts and so forth and a balanced meals. And I noticed a particular lady, this series was held in the wintertime. And after my wife would uh, demonstrate, she'd serve food samples. And there was one lady that came in, she was kind of hunched over, she had this hat pulled over her head. I had no clue who she was. And she would always go to the trash at the end of the meetings, seeing if anybody left a few of the food samples on their plate, and she would take them and put them on her plate and leave. Hmm. And I wondered, who is this woman? And so I got acquainted with her, and I discovered that this particular woman had had some very difficult times in life, gone through some very difficult interpersonal relationships. She was not homeless, but she was living in a very poor home and didn't have much of a family and was trying to feed uh, her kids, but didn't have much male support in the home. And I felt so sorry for her. She kept coming and she first stepped through the doors of the, our church during that nutrition series, but she kept coming, came and we conducted that series over a three or four week period of time she came. She liked it. The people in the church befriended her, and they learned beyond that rough exterior, there was a very warm-hearted, very intelligent woman. Hmm. About a year later, I was asked to speak at a youth meeting in that church, so I went back to the youth meeting. And As I was sitting in the youth meeting, I looked up and, and because I heard this piano music, and I looked up, and here was this woman sitting at the piano, well-dressed, <laughs> um, playing beautifully. Hmm. And I said, who is that? She is the woman with that hat pulled down over her head with that coat that walked and was taking that food out. She had had piano lessons as a girl. Hmm. And all that talent was latent within her. And if we would have just looked at her, you could have assumed she was homeless. She wasn't. You could assume that she was ignorant. She wasn't. You could assume that she was illiterate. She wasn't. Right. She was of, just life had dealt her a very, very difficult blow. And, you know, I, I want to speak to those of you that are watching today as pastors, and somebody may be flipping the dial. Don't write off people that you don't think look exactly like you. Don't write off people quickly because life really hurts people. There can be a businessman that is now homeless, begging on the street corner. There can be a young person that has failed at school because one topic has been too difficult. There can be a housewife who's gone through a trauma of a divorce that leaves her financially very in very difficult shape. And when we minister in our health programs, we reach out to people wherever they are. And that's why I love this saying, the church is the body of Christ, meeting needs everywhere in Jesus' name. And this was the ministry of Christ. This is extending the healing ministry of Jesus, the title of our program. Yes. I believe that the most expensive piece of real estate in many communities is the church. Hmm. 
because Hardly you use it. You don't use it. <laughs> it's, yeah, it, it needs to be open. It needs to be open. Seven. And I love it when on a Tuesday night there's an exercise class at the church, yes. and on a Wednesday night a nutrition series. And, yes. and I, I know when you were the pastor of the Forest Lake Church, I think there were 70 or 80 ministries and all yeah. kinds of ministries right. that people were coming to. The church is alive, it's a beacon in the community. And to the person who would say to, to you and to Tini, why are you wasting your time with a nutrition program and bread baking? You would respond. Yeah, I would respond this way. First, Jesus uh, multiplied bread and he fed people. <laughs> That's first. He met people where they were. Yeah, they were hungry and Jesus multiplied bread and he fed them. And, uh, and most of them, frankly, at that point, didn't accept him as savior. Yes. So we minister to people because we want to see them have a better quality of life. Very often as I travel, I'm asked to sign people's Bibles, and I always sign the same text, John 10, 10. Mm. Jesus said, I've come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. more abundantly. Jesus had the desire that people would have a more abundant life, and that's our desire too. Whatever we do in life, we want to see people have a better quality of life here, and we want to see them live for eternity. Share some other stories. You've been involved in a lot of ministry. People say, what, is it, what does it look like? You meet their needs and you, you kind of follow Christ's method, I guess. Of well, we often travel and hold large-scale evangelistic meetings. And in our meetings, we want people to see the holistic ministry of Christ. When we went to Moscow and we held evangelistic meetings in the Moscow Olympic Stadium, for example, Billy Graham was given a permit to hold four nights there. We praise God, after he helped to pave the way in that Olympic Stadium, we were able to go and hold for three weeks in that Olympic Stadium. Mm. I brought with me a hundred medical personnel, wow. nurses, doctors. We did um, blood cholesterol samples. We did education in helping people quit smoking, helping them go off out, get off alcohol. We did 18,000 blood samples. Mm. We had over 20,000 people come through our health initiatives in Moscow. We felt we wanted to make a difference to that community. When we went to Hungary, um, it was not possible to hold public outreach evangelistic meetings in Hungary. We went to the Hungarian government. We said to them, we would like to hold a total health approach. We've done the same thing in India. When we come into a community, we want the community to be better after we leave them than before. We want them to have a better quality of life, better health. We want the marriages to be better. We want the diseases to be lower, and we want people to know Jesus. You want to extend his healing ministry. Exactly. Mark, thanks for challenging us today. Thank you for being part of Ministry of Motion. If you've been blessed by this conversation with Pastor Mark Finley, you can go to our website at ministryinmotion.tv. Watch it again. Watch other programs in this series that would bless your life and ministry. And while you're there, you may be eligible for a complimentary subscription to Ministry, an international journal for pastors. So go there, click on the contact button, send us some information about your church, about your ministry. This may be a resource that you can receive six times a year to continue to bless you in your ministry for Jesus. If you're a lay leader in your local church, we also have some excellent resources. But remember, Jesus said, freely you've received, freely give. And we've been challenged today to extend the healing ministry of Jesus, to be a blessing in Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us for Ministry in Motion. Until next time, may God bless you in your ministry for Him.